This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, November 23, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. In Chicago, eminent domain threatens to break up a neighborhood. The benefits of the project, housing for students at a largely commuter school, are less than clear. Hillary Gowans, managing editor at the Illinois Policy Institute, talked with me about the eminent domain fight at Northeastern Illinois University. The Kelo decision is now more than 10 years old. It gave us uh, the idea that governments can, for purely economic development purposes, seize property. And um, in Chicago, this is not as cleanly a case of uh, private development as uh, in Kelo, but what is going on there? Up in Chicago, um, we have Northeastern Illinois University, which is a public school on the northwest side of Chicago. President Sharon Haas of that university um, is trying to combat dwindling enrollment by establishing student housing. Right now, NEIU is the only state college in Illinois that does not have student housing options. Um, She's arguing that the only way to fulfill this need is to take a portion of the neighborhood, a a residential and commercial neighborhood. So right, right now, the area that she's targeting Um, is a block of businesses that backs up to residential homes. So she wants to take property along this stretch, tear down the existing thriving businesses there, and erect apartment-style housing, underneath which there will be commercial properties. So she's displacing commercial properties right now in favor of student housing and new commercial properties, which likely will not be the same businesses that exist today. The question I always ask for on eminent domain cases is, Did they offer to buy the property? So right now the owners are in litigation, so they couldn't tell us how much an offer was, but they did tell us that offers existed. So we know that the university um, sent out notifications to the business owners that, yes, the university plans to expand um, its, its housing, its new housing plan to cover properties that exist currently in this area. Um, I know anecdotally from one or two owners that offers were made, um, but again, we don't know how much they were for. Um, A lot of these owners, though, felt like the negotiation was not done in good faith. Uh, The president of the university is gung-ho with this project, but a lot of the details have not been made clear to residents. There hasn't been a whole lot of transparency in how the proceedings are going to work. And I don't believe that offers were you know, negotiated in good faith. It it was more, here's what we're going to do. We'll offer you this much. If you don't like it, that's too bad for you. Who is Bill Tong? Bill Tong is one of the people affected by this eminent domain proceeding. Um, Bill Tong's grandfather purchased property uh, along the neighborhood in question up in near Northeastern Illinois University. He purchased it in 1954 um, and built uh, a, a, a two-story brick building on the bottom of which existed his family's business called Tong's Tea Garden, a, a Chinese restaurant. And on the top floor, his family lived. Um, today, the Tongs have, have vacated the commercial side of that business. Now there's a new, a new business in there called Hunan Wok. It's still another Chinese restaurant. But Bill Tong's mother lives on the top floor of that building still. Um, 
the family worked hard to establish themselves in this community. Back in the 50s, there were racial covenants that prohibited Chinese Americans from having residential property um, in that neighborhood, but they got around that by building a commercial property. So when Bill talks about what's happening to him, he talks about the physical destruction of his family's legacy. And there are others like Bill up in the neighborhood. This is a common story. This is an immigrant neighborhood. This is a blue collar neighborhood. It's one of the last places in Chicago that's safe where you can you know, afford to make a, a good living and, and live at a reasonable price. And this is being taken from people like Bill Tong. But this is a public use. And that's, is that the argument the university is making? That's the argument the university is making. They have not presented any research to indicate um, strong demand from students for housing, but they say it's necessary to attract the kinds of students that the university needs to uh, pick itself up and regain a lot of the enrollment that has dropped in the past few years. So if you think that apartment-style housing that will at best serve 10% of a 9,000 student population is public use, then I suppose you might be in favor of this, this move. Some of the locals have sued. Mm-hmm. So where is that? Uh, they've been in court for months, more than a year. Um, and the longer this battle takes, the more likely that people are to start settling. So right now there are six owners that are, um, that are fighting back against the university's use of eminent domain. But we know that one or two have already settled uh, in the past couple of months. So right now, Bill Tong's attorneys are saying, you know, your case isn't looking good. So he's being advised to settle as well. What's really important to remember, uh, eminent domain is sort of an abstract idea. A lot of the time when people think about this, they think about uh, the government trying to buy a cornfield from a farmer who's just holding out to get a sweet deal so that they can build a road. But in reality, this is just another example of government uh, demolishing the little guy. People like Bill Tong don't have the deep pockets to match a, a large state university. They can't fight back. So essentially, when NEIU decided that they wanted to use eminent domain to take people's property, uh, these are small business owners. These are people who don't have a lot of means to fight. What they were doing was they were saying, you know, say goodbye to the the life that you've known until now. And Illinois itself does not have a very good history with eminent domain, particularly in Chicago. Particularly in Chicago. This is something that we see a lot. Um, just recently, Roosevelt University, another public university, did something very similar to erect a gigantic, um, almost skyscraper-looking building downtown. Uh, this is this happens a lot, unfortunately. Um, Northeastern Illinois University is just the most recent case, uh, and and we hoped and and worked hard to to see if we could stop the proceedings. But unfortunately, you know, once again, we think that this large government entity is going to be able to outspend and and bully property owners into losing out. To what extent has economic development been a part of the argument on behalf of the university? It's been a big part of the discussion. When the president of the university talks about why they need to pursue this project, she calls the neighborhood blighted. And she does that strategically. She knows that the neighborhood has not been gentrified, so it doesn't look like some of the other neighborhoods surrounding it. It doesn't have a Starbucks yet. So um, she's using the term blighted to strengthen her argument. She's saying that by developing these apartment-style properties and establishing new commercial properties, 
uh, that are bright, shiny, and clean and new, the community is going to benefit because there will be more jobs, there will be uh, a more attractive commercial area in the neighborhood. Um, but the residents don't want this. They're up in arms. They love their community. They love the businesses that exist today. And if you ask anybody who lives in that neighborhood, they're going to tell you it's not blighted. Hillary Gowans is managing editor at the Illinois Policy Institute. You can read more about the uses and abuses of eminent domain at our website, cato.org.